This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay on Thursday, November the 10th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And for a fourth day, there's been some disruption on the roads in Kent because of Just Stop oil protesters. The M25 had to be closed in Essex earlier, causing tailbacks through the Dartford tunnels into the county. Protesters had once again climbed onto overhead gantries above the motorway. I'm Dan. I'm 46 years old standing on the gantry above the M25. I have a good life. I'm a husband. I have a wonderful wife. I've got a beautiful eight-year-old son. I have a fulfilling job. I'm a baker. I bake for our local community. So I wonder what's made me stand on top of a gantry surrounded by police. When the Secretary-General of the UN says that we are on on a highway to climate hell, And our government says that they are willing and happy to take every last drop of oil from the North Sea. How can I do nothing? My name is Tess Burns. I'm 34. I'm from Swansea. And I'm up on a gantry. I'm frightened. But the government has to meet our demand of no new oil and gas. The police have just arrived. The motorway is empty behind me. And I'm, 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 I'm terrified. But I know that the consequences of doing nothing are far greater than whatever I face today. As you heard in the podcast yesterday, a police officer was injured while responding to a protest. The motorbike they were riding was involved in a collision with two lorries when a rolling roadblock was put in place. Well, the Chief Constable of Essex Police has provided this update. As we have told Just Stop Oil, um, somebody's going to get hurt and they did. Sadly, that was one of our officers. I'm pleased to say I think they're making a recovery. I hope them and wish them well. Um, but they were out there trying to protect the public. They were conducting a rolling roadblock. Uh, because somebody uh, was irresponsibly up a gantry um, and they were doing their job. Uh, uh, there was a collision and they got hurt as a result of that. That's unacceptable. Meantime, five suspected activists have been arrested after police stopped a car in Westerham early this morning. Officers seized climbing equipment, harnesses and banners. Now, the demos have been taking place as the COP27 climate summit continues in Egypt. And the chief executive of the Kent Wildlife Trust has urged government to do more to tackle rising temperatures. Evan Bowen-Jones has been speaking to our reporter, Jamie Long. We're experiencing climate change right now. Um, it's also well known that we're we're not taking action fast enough. So um, yeah, the obvious conclusion is that we need to do more quicker if we're going to avoid having you know um, more severe droughts than we've seen, more severe flooding than we're you know we've seen on and off as well. Um, so yeah, now is the time to act. Really, I suppose the main thing is that you know we need clarity, political clarity, that, that you know, the, the kind of greener growth agenda, which is the only way out of this, is the only game in town. And that will enable things like private sector investment to be brought into play. We know that government hasn't got the money to fund what needs to be done at the moment. Um, so we have to bring that, that private capital in. 
um, and that investment requires sort of stability, you know, certainty, like all forms of investment, really. Uh, if we bring that to bear, though, you know, there are mechanisms we could use now to to restore a lot of our land area here in Kent um, and elsewhere. In fact, you know, also um, things like seabed, which are going to have a, a enormous benefit in terms of locking up more carbon and also restoring wildlife in the process. Do you think the government is treating climate change as a priority? I think it knows that it needs to. I don't think that all branches of government are necessarily always acting sort of in unison with it kind of as a mainstreamed priority throughout everything. And that's effectively what we now need. We need that that kind of this is a strategic imperative that you have to take into account in all decision making from now on in. Otherwise, we're going to fall short. There's various factors which are which which are impacting wildlife in Kent have been for obviously decades, but um, climate change globally is now beca- becoming the biggest driver of kind of species loss. And um, although we've only got data for a limited range of species in 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 Kent that allows us to draw these conclusions, yeah, as a, at least ten percent of the species in the county are now at kind of risk of of, of local extinction. And if we look at something like um, yeah, something as simple as a willow warbler, which um, you know anyone sort of uh, from sort of thirties, forties above would recognise as a as a really common spring bird. Now it doesn't breed in Kent; it's too warm for it. Um, and we've got other species like cattle egrets, which are moving in from the continent, breeding here. So it's it's kind of obvious that that we are getting warmer. Um, but the degree to which that is now happening, I think, with forty degrees being hit for the first time on record this this summer. Yeah, everyone felt that there were increased deaths. Um, you know, there was there was a prolonged drought afterwards, which kind of highlighted the fact we're a really water stressed area already. Um, you know, with with the current growth plans that we've got and the lack of kind of built in resilience to all of our systems, including the water systems that we rely on, um, then we are very vulnerable to what is highly likely to be coming our way quicker than we thought. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today. And Rishi Sunak says he and Suella Braverman are working day and night to tackle the Channel Crossings crisis. Around 40,000 people have made the dangerous journey in small boats so far this year. And there have been concerns about accommodation for asylum seekers who arrive in Kent. The Prime Minister's promised they'll get to grips with the problem. Meantime, the Chief Inspector of Borders and Immigration says housing asylum seekers in hotels is having a negative impact on their mental health. David Neal says it's always grim to stay in temporary accommodation no matter how nice the place is. He's described the current backlog in asylum cases as inexcusably high and wants the government to speed up the process. A woman's apparently been left with multiple injuries after being attacked in a nightclub in Maidstone. It's said to have happened at the zoo bar in the early hours of Sunday. Police say a 29-year-old woman from Gillingham was arrested on suspicion of assault and later released on bail. A teenager found dead at his home near Faversham has been described as a wonderful and gifted young man. 18-year-old Chris Figgis had received top A-level results in the summer and had been deputy head boy at Kent College in Canterbury. A Remembrance book has been opened with the head teacher saying they're all shocked and saddened. We've got more reaction now to a story we brought to you in yesterday's podcast about a damning report into provision in Kent for children with special educational needs and disabilities. The leader of the county council apologised after Ofsted inspectors found weaknesses they'd identified three years ago hadn't been properly addressed. Roger Goff says they face incredibly high demand but have brought in more staff and are 
introducing a hub to improve communication with mums and dads. Well, Amy Smith lives in Sevenoaks and her son has special educational needs. She's been speaking to Abby Hook from our colleagues at KMTV. I wasn't surprised. <laughs> I wasn't surprised at all. Um, I thought they would fail. I said it to family that, that, that they, would, they would fail. Um, but seeing it in black and white is... It, it just it, it says it all and I don't, I don't think there will be any change even going forward. I know that you struggled to secure SEND transport um, recently through the council. Can you remind us of your experience and your situation with your with your son? I put an application in for the um, personalised budget plan, transport budget, because that's advertised that you can use that um can do an application for it so he would have his own taxi which would then therefore mean i can travel with him um which would take away some of the anxiety that he has um he doesn't he you know there's the query of selective mutism um i got i got declined for that i didn't i haven't pushed that one any further with with Kent County um so he I now take him to and from school and he does get a taxi once a day um I was very lucky that the, the taxi company that that they've given him the lady met him first I introduced him at the school um and we we did it very slowly some taxi I know some firms don't don't work like that um but it is just another it, it Everything since law since February this year has been a battle. Schools, yeah, <laughs> the list is endless. Understand, and I know from speaking to you before the struggle you went through. And today, speaking with the council, speaking with Roger Goff, the leader of the council, they did assure us that they are doing everything in their power now to change this. Um, following the report, I know how you feel about that. So, very quickly, we don't have very long left at all. Very quickly, what would you like to see the council do now? Actually, act on everywhere they failed. An apology isn't isn't good enough. If I hadn't fought as hard as I fought thinking that I'd I'd hit every barrier going, my son wouldn't be in the school that he's in now. Um, there's going to be so many other parents out there who don't have the strength to keep pushing. So the, the county do need to act and it needs to change. I just want to see more children be placed in the right settings and not be pushed to the side because placement officers can't be bothered to read the documents or the paperwork and or they don't they have a lack of understanding of certain syndromes or learning difficulties you can also read this story and share your experience by heading to kent online this podcast is sponsored by the fg barnes group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. These are two of the most read stories on the website today. Offensive graffiti, including swastikas, has been spray-painted over benches and shelters in a park near Maidstone. The Poplar Grove area in Allington is well known for vandalism. The council say they cleaned it off as soon as they could and police are also investigating. Elsewhere, people living close to a nature reserve near Sittingbourne are calling for lights and cameras to be installed following claims it's been used Used for lewd behaviour. Underwear, condoms and sex toys along with other items have been found dumped at the site in Borden. Residents say other problems there include motorbike racing, illegal camps, vandalism and drug taking. A cat's died in a fire caused by a tumble dryer in Marden. The blaze spread to the roof of a property on Campion Way last night. 
Seven fire engines were called to tackle the blaze and two people were treated by paramedics for the effects of breathing in smoke. Now, if you're heading into London today, you're being warned to expect major disruption on the tube. Staff are out on strike as part of a dispute over jobs and pensions. There'll be a limited service on the underground and it could also affect commuters tomorrow morning. A Chatham couple say they're devastated after being forced to move out of their flat due to severe water damage. Beth says the problem started back in March after Storm Eunice and has been getting worse ever since. To be honest, we're devastated. We're absolutely devastated that this has happened. This got this bad last week, Monday evening, when the storm started. So, um, yeah, it was really windy and obviously the wind's pulling up the tarpaulin they put on the roof and um, water's just coming through. In this wall, I could hear water, almost like a waterfall, like it wasn't dripping, it was so much water between these, these two walls. Um, and I think that's why the water's then started coming up through the carpet and it's just spread all through the hallway. It's spread into two bedrooms and then, yeah, it's just all started to come out through, through the ceiling, through the window, everywhere. Now, the lettings agent says they've done everything they can, but the block management company have failed in their duty of care. Jack Lewis is from Citizens Advice in Medway. When it comes to um, renting, please check the tenancy agreements. Uh, Make sure you keep copies of them. Make sure you've got all the certificates in place. Landlords do have certain rights. Um, They need to come in regularly to do inspections and that sort of thing. So don't um, unduly put up barriers to that because it it could ultimately come back on you. That's something else we see. Um, But if there is a problem, make sure you give us a call or or anyone else that deals with tenants and tenancy advice. And you can head to the KMTV section of the website to watch a report on this story. Kent Online reports. New data out today has revealed speed cameras near the Dartford tunnels have given out more fines than almost anywhere else in the UK. Nearly 14,500 drivers have been caught on that stretch of the M25 in the last year. That's the eighth highest across the country. A Grade 2 listed building in Maidstone has been removed from the Heritage at Risk Register after being fully repaired. Stonecourt House dates back to the 15th century and used to be the Crown Judge's lodgings. It was previously added to the list because of major damp problems and structural issues, but it's been restored and is now being used as a private home and hotel. Meantime, a First World War memorial in Kent has been given Grade 2 listed status ahead of Remembrance events this week. The monument in Hartlip is next to St Michael's Church and commemorates men from the village who lost their lives in the conflict. The landlady of a popular village pub near Sittingbourne has announced she's going to retire. Anne-Marie Hoare has run the Crown in Upchurch for almost 30 years, but now wants to spend more time with her family. She's been speaking to our reporter, Cara Simmons. I've always worked in pubs part-time, always done it in the evenings after full-time work. Um, you needed money in them days, extra money. Uh, and then this pub came up, I knew it because I knew Upchurch. And um, I just come and had an interview in the pub. It was much easier in them days. Just got the interview and they said, okay, you can have it. And it was literally like, just like that. Just like that. Did you see it in, in like the paper or something? Like? No, no, I just knew people told me. Oh. So I'd had phone calls and everybody said, oh, the crowd's coming up. I said, oh, what, the upchurch one? And when we came and looked at it, it was completely empty. And my husband at the time was going, oh, I don't want that, it's empty. I said, no, no, it just feels right. So I knew straight away it was going to be a good pub. But... Because I'd come from Dartford, I had properties up in Dartford, so I kept them just in case. Because you never know. 
So 28 years later, it's now time to go. <laughs> Obviously, you know, describe the pub to me. I mean, what, what do you serve and what, it's what does a that lovely, it's, it's a lovely pub. The customers are regulars. I mean, it couldn't survive without the regulars. Um, and they've been regulars for 28 years. I mean, they've been marvellous. But it is one of the old pubs. We have an open fire and we've got horse brasses. Um, the staff have been marvellous. I've had a great team of staff around me because I've been on my own for so many years doing it. Um, but they've been great. No, it is a lovely little pub. Amazing. And I've made a lot of friends and a lot of people I know in the village. You know, you can't pass anybody without everybody saying, right, Emery, you know. <laughs> So um, yeah, become no, a bit like a bit like family now. Yeah, it of. is. It, the village of Upchurch is a lovely village anyway, and everybody knows everybody. Um, that's the nice thing about it. Isn't and it do, do you know how old this pub is? Do you know well, the history of it? Or fourteen eighty three? It was built. It's obviously changed. I mean, through the years. Um, and I don't know if you know the gold medalist Terry Spinks. You're too young, but you ask anybody that's not, and they will know him. He got a gold medal for boxing. Um, he was an East End boy, and he had this pub, and it was him that changed it from the two bars. Um, it used to be two bars, and the, the door used to be on the road, and the toilets used to be across the road in the little alcove over there. You used to have to ask for the key. And the toilets I've just had done, um, well, that was um, the kitchen. So the kitchen's upstairs now, so... Um, but yeah, he had it. So he made it into what it is now. And the person taking over the role at the pub is Sophie Barnes. She's also been chatting to Cara. She's been here 28 years. I'm 33. So, yeah, I, I don't remember meeting Anne-Marie. She's just always, as far as I'm concerned, she's always been the landlady of the crowd. Um, but yeah, obviously over the years of drunk in here, grown up here, um, had some really good nights in here with Annie in charge. So. so, so you work here as well at the moment. Yes. What What do you do at, at the pub? Um, so I started working here last November. Um, so that was with the view to take over. Um, so I have no background as bar work at all. Um, I. Me and Annie were just talking one night when she said about it being for sale. And I, and we were just talking about it and I was like, do you know what, I think I'd actually quite like that challenge. I want the pub to stay in the village, like with someone that's that knows the village, knows the locals. Um, so I asked Annie if I could start working here just to see if I liked it. Um, and then... Yeah, we kind of, at the beginning of the year, started talking about me taking over and she's been training me up on everything, so... Amazing. Yeah. And, and before, obviously, working here, what, what, what were you doing? What sort of jobs were you doing? So I actually leave my current job next week um, and I've been there for 15 years. Oh, wow. Um, so I am a relationship manager for a charity. Um the charity's aid foundation, so um, we provide um, charitable accounts to individuals so they can give tax effectively. So yeah, I've been doing that for 15 years. 
um, and yeah, leave next week, which is also bittersweet. And finally, a Wayne Scott teenager has been out on the streets busking as he bids to become the next Ed Sheeran. Tyler Watts is learning music at home with his mum and dad, but they say he has to make his hobby pay. Well, already he's earned around £200 from singing to passers-by in Chatham. The 13-year-old says he's taking his introduction into the business very seriously. Well, our reporter John Nerden has been catching up with Tyler and his mum Sadie while he performed in Sittingbourne. It's the first time here, just doing a little bit of busking to lift the community spirit. So why, 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 why are you doing busking? It's basically my full-time job at the minute and it's the only, the only thing that I can do to actually earn money and to enjoy what I like. So what's the reaction been? The reaction I think would be happy. Sometimes people are going to be happy. Um, and some people are going to be just annoyed with the music, but I, I just don't listen to them people. There's other people such as teenagers, which are taking the mick out of me sometimes, but I just ignore those people. So mum, what do you think of Tyler? Um, I think he's amazing to come out and face the community and have the um, the guts to actually do it at such a young age. I just think he's amazing and he's got so much passion for what he does for everyone as well. Where do you think he gets it from? Well, he gets the confidence from me, I think, um, but he has worked, worked really hard on himself in the last few months, would you say? Yeah, yeah I'd say a few months. He's worked really hard with himself. And where do you think he's going to end up? Um, hopefully just at a comfortable pace, hitting the top. <laughs> we don't want him to be right up there um, so quickly because it'll be a bit of a shock to the system. But I reckon he's got it once he's got um, a bit more confidence and a bit more knowledge behind him. I do think he'd go quite far. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham will find out later who they'll face in the fourth round of the Carabao Cup. They caused a massive upset on Tuesday night when they beat Premier League side Brentford on penalties. It's the furthest they've got in the competition in 26 years. The draw for the next round takes place this evening. Meantime, Ebbsfleet's second round match in the FA Cup is going to be shown on TV. They've been drawn at home to League One side Fleetwood after beating FC Halifax at the weekend. The game is on Sunday, November the 27th. And the remains of a former machine shop at the dockyard in Chatham could be used to showcase one of the world's fastest growing sports. Paddle tennis is already said to be popular with the likes of David Beckham, Lionel Messi and Rafa Nadal. It's a mix of tennis and squash and a plan's been put in to convert the metal structure near Dockside to accommodate eight courts. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also sign up to get The Briefing, which is a daily update of the top stories. It'll be sent direct to your email each morning. To do that, just head to kentonline.co.uk. And whilst you're on the site today, you can read our latest Eat My Words food review. News you can try. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.